But notice in verse 14, Jesus said, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That whoever, underline that word whoever in your Bible, very important. Whenever you see the word whoever, that means whoever. Whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. All exclaiming in his Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Jesus made a remarkable statement explaining that the serpent of the book of Numbers, chapter 21, verse 4 through 9, was a picture of the Messiah and his work. Even though Jesus bore our sins, he never became a sinner. Even his becoming sin for us was a holy, righteous act of love. Jesus remained the Holy One throughout the entire ordeal of the cross. He is our mediator today as he is seated at the right hand of the Father to make intercession for us who believe and are born again. Now let's join Pastor Rob's teaching already in progress. Lord, notice this, very important. The Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. I want to be more like God. I can't see into my own heart, much less yours, but I got to be careful. God knows your heart. But it's always about the internal. God, Jesus, is always about the internal. And so Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel and you do not know these things? And Jesus expected him to know this. What does it say in Luke? For everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required. And to him, to whom much has been committed, of him they will ask the more. Nicodemus was given a lot. He was a ruler. He was one of the Pharisees, part of the Sanhedrin. And Jesus expected him to know this. And certainly he is going to know this. Again, is it going to take some time? Yes. I think after this meeting, you know, those are probably another three years while Nicodemus chewed on this reality that Jesus is speaking to him. So that by the time he and Joseph of Arimathea took that body down, he was no longer uncertain about who he was. No, he bet his whole career and life upon who Jesus was. Verse 11, he says, Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak that we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. In John chapter, in, in, in 1 John, remember what John said. John the Apostle said, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen, notice, with our own eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. Speaking of Jesus, of course, the life was manifested and we have seen 
and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you may also have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Notice how many parts of the senses that are involved in this. We've not, we haven't, we've not only heard him, but we've seen him. We've handled him with our own hands. We've touched him. Thomas put his hand on the wound where Jesus had the spear go in and the, and the nail prints in his hands. And he, and he fell apart. He says, my Lord and my God. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you. And that's what John here is speaking of. And he goes on in verse 12, and Jesus says, If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? You know, the things that Jesus does and the way that he teaches things are very simple. A child can understand. But sometimes the older we get, sometimes the greater education that we receive, sometimes that can be a liability to us. Sometimes, sometimes that can be a stumbling block to us because we learn, we read, we think too much. I know people like that. They think too much. There's nothing wrong with thinking, but sometimes you can think yourself into a tailspin. And you're like the dog chasing the tail. Have you ever seen that? I just, I love that. It's just like, you know, that... Verse 13, no one has ascended to heaven, Jesus says, but he who came down from heaven, that is, the Son of Man who is in heaven. In some Greek manuscripts, uh, the phrase, who is in heaven, is not there. And so it could read like this, no one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is, the Son of Man. See, only Jesus can explain the mysteries of heaven. Why? Because he had been there. He had been there from eternity past. He, of all people, knows eternal things. He knows the heaven. He knows heaven. He knows everything about it. He knows what it's all about. And he's able to talk about what it is all about. Only he can explain the mysteries of heaven because he was there. Even before his incarnation, before he was born in the womb of the Virgin Mary. And you notice, and then he came to the earth and he ultimately ascended after his crucifixion. Or after his resurrection, 40 days later, he ascended into heaven. He is there now. There is a man in heaven bearing the prints of the the nails and the spear in his body. He is there. And he came down. He is the only one qualified to share what it's all about. And he's telling us. And he told Nicodemus. And we also believe, based on the word of God, that Jesus made visitations to earth before he was even born. We call these theophanies or Christophanies. And this is where we call them pre-incarnate visitations of Jesus. Which means that before he was born into the womb of the Virgin Mary, that he appeared in another form to different saints in history at different times for reasons that he knows. And we know a few of these in Joshua 5. Remember when Joshua was about ready to go into the promised land? He sees the commander of the angel of the army standing there with a sword drawn. He worships the angel. No angel receives worship except for Satan. He wants you to worship him. But no angel. That was the Son of God, Jesus Christ, in a pre-incarnate form, speaking to Joshua. What about in Genesis 18? 
When those three angels came to Abraham before Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed, read that chapter very carefully and watch the pronouns and watch the word Lord, Jehovah, being written there. You'll see that that one of those angels was Jesus Christ incarnate. He calls him Lord, Yahweh, Jehovah. And he receives worship. What about in Judges chapter 3, Manoah and his wife? The angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord. Another Christophany or theophany of Jesus. But Jesus, he descended from heaven to earth at times and ultimately was incarnate in the Virgin Mary. Suffered and died on the cross. Three days rose again from the grave. Forty days later rose to the throne of God where he ever lives to make intercession for us, preparing a place for us that where he is, we might also be. How I long for that day. Do you really long for that day? I I can't wait for the day when the trump sounds. I don't care what it's going to sound like. I'm just, I'm going up. And you're going up. (laughs) Looking forward to that day. And yes, I do want to escape this planet. People say, well, that's just a crutch because you don't like what's going on. Absolutely. (laughs) Anybody who goes, you know, thinks, I I just love this place so much. I can't wait. Hey, can I go to Portland and watch the riots? Yeah, let's do it. Let's pack in the car and go down there and let let somebody blow up our car and beat us over the head with a club. That sounds like a great thing. No, I want to be done here. I'm done. I'm living and hopefully I'll be a, a good witness until the Lord comes. Until either I die of natural causes, or he causes something to happen, or the rapture. I don't care how it happens. I'm looking forward to being with him. There's nothing here on this earth that holds me. Nothing. You can have it all. I'm gone. Out of here. Do you feel that way? Yeah, I do. But notice in verse 14, Jesus said, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so, even so... Must the Son of Man be lifted up? That whoever, underline that word whoever in your Bible, very important. Whenever you see the word whoever, that means whoever. Whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Turn with me to Numbers chapter 21. And while you're turning there, I just want to share a few things with you. Here in verses 14 and 15, Jesus prophesies not only that he was going to die, which was no mystery to him. It had been prophesied for hundreds and even a couple thousand years that he would die on the cross, that he would die. But this verse also tells us how he is going to die. The Jewish form of capital punishment, as you know, was stoning. That's what they did. They stoned, but the Romans developed the art of crucifixion as a form of capital punishment, learning it from the Persians and then now mastering it in the first century. Boy, they were excellent executioners. They could keep somebody alive on the cross for days if they wanted. If they, if they really didn't like you, they could keep you alive by giving you support and giving you water, which you're naturally going to take, and it's just going to prolong your agony on that cross. They were excellent at it. They were masters at execution. But Jesus, in these verses, 14 and 15, number one, prophesies that he's going to die and also how he was going to die. Look with me at verses 4 through 9. It says, and this is back in, in, the, in the Old Testament, 
when the children of Israel were going through the the desert on their way from Egypt into the promised land, a 40-year journey. Ouch. Then they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way, and the people spoke against God. Notice, the people spoke against God and against Moses. And here's their complaint. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and our soul loathes this worthless manna, this bread, God, that you gave us. We hate it. We've had manakati, we've had... Manashevit sandwiches, we've had, you know, we've had all this stuff. Mana burgers, mana ice cream, mana tea. We're fed up. <laughs> so, so the Lord, notice, the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and many of the people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you, Moses. Pray to the Lord that he will take away the serpents from us. And so Moses prayed for the people. And then the Lord said to Moses, Notice what he does. Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, a wood pole. Put a serpent, a fiery serpent, and set it on a pole, and it shall be that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent. Bronze is always a symbol of judgment. Bronze. Brass. Okay? Make a bronze serpent, put it on a pole, and so it was. If a serpent had bitten anyone, that when he or she looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. Notice the wood pole. Is just like the cross. Here, Jesus, as he tells us this in verse 14 and 15 in John, he's telling them, giving them a foreshadowing of what God meant way back there in Numbers 21. He was giving them in a type of what was going to happen a couple thousand years down the road. That Jesus... So, the serpent, which is a symbol of sin, was pinned to that wood. And Jesus, as we know, and, and, and a serpent is a symbol of sin, right? So it was pinned to the pole, on the wood pole. Jesus became sin for us, and he bore our sin in our place. What does Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians say? For he made him, speaking of God the Father, God the Father made him, Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Jesus did. All we like sheep have gone astray, and the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. Isn't that what it says in Isaiah? Notice in Numbers 21 here, though, that all the, pe- all the people had to do is when they were bit by the poisonous snake, all they had to do is to look at the serpent on the brass pole and they would be healed. By faith, they did that. Right? It was by faith, believing what God had said, that they would be healed from the snake bite and they would survive the physical Snake bite. Do you understand? This preserved them physically by looking at the serpent on the pole. All they had to do was exercise faith and believe what God said was true and simply look at the pole. You know, we're such rascals. If if that were to happen today, say we're out camping in the Adirondacks and a cottonmouth grabs onto somebody and they're like, man, you got like 45 minutes and you're dead, you know. And then you're like, well, just hold up the brass pole. Put the serpent on it. I will not look. Just look at it, man, and confess, you know, and, and ask the Lord to heal you. I won't look. Okay, then he dies, you know. Then, then he does. He dies. And, and yet he could have just looked at the pole. How, how much more simple could God have made it? He didn't say, well, you've got to go through these five points. You've got to jump through this hoop. 
On fire, by the way. The hoop's got to be on fire, like the lions in the circus. You've got to jump through that hoop and then jump through another one, and then you've got to confess and you know, get out the rosary and go out. No, it, it, was, it was simple. Just look at the pole and you'll be saved. How much more simple could it be? See, we're the rascals. God makes it very simple for us. But we are re- rebels. Rebels. Anybody here a rebel? Maybe not anymore, I don't know. Well, only a couple people. Only Pastor Richard raised his hand. (laughs) Yeah, but notice, by faith, Enoch was taken away so he didn't see death. And what does it say in verse 6 here? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. And he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. We are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. What does it say in Ephesians 2 verse 8? For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. We've said this before. A great verse to memorize, by the way. It is the gift of God. It's not of of ourselves. Not of works, lest any man should boast. It is simple faith. Just believe. Just believe what God says. Don't argue with him. Don't try to come up with a better way. Don't try to bring your intellect into it and think you know better than God. Believe me, if God tells me to stand on my head for five minutes and my headache will go away, then I'm going to do it as long as I know it's him. If he tells me to do something, I want to do it. Notice this passage's numbers, you know, it's referring to a physical, temporary thing. If they don't look, they'll die physically, right? But notice, Jesus is speaking about life everlasting, which is eternal. So he's drawing a comparison. You know, if you look at the, if you get bit by the snake, look at the pole, the serpent on the pole, and you'll live. And Jesus is saying, just as the Son of Man, or just as the serpent was lifted up on the pole, so will the Son of Man be lifted up on a pole, that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Now we're not even talking about a physical life anymore. We're talking about something that supersedes it, that lasts for eternity. I may only live 90 years on this planet. I don't know what my, what, when I'm going to expire, but it's a short time in compared to eternity. <laughs> Think it never ends. I mean, let your heart grasp that because we're talking about eternity. It will never end, ever. I want to be with him I don't want to be in a place of, of, of fire and torment. Yeah, it's, it's, worth, it's worth having, you know, jumping up and screaming and shouting and eating ice cream. I mean, it, it's <laughs> even more so. It's exciting to think what God has done. But the truth of the word of God was meant to be taken and applied internally that it might produce the behavior and the attitudes in the external Because it's what is internal that manifests itself in the outward. That's why Jesus would say in Matthew 12, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's what's in here that's the problem, not so much what comes from outside. That may be a problem too, but the problem is within. The problem is within. And there's a big difference that Jesus made between comparing his words with the words of the Old Testament. By the way, I don't know if you know this, but he's the author of both. 
There's not a one author of the Old Testament and one author of the New Testament. No, he authored the whole thing. He knew it very well. He quoted it. He quoted from Genesis. He quoted from Exodus, from Numbers and Deuteronomy and Leviticus. While he was alive, Jesus quoted it. Why? Because he's the author of it. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He knew exactly what he needed to say. He didn't, he didn't need to paraphrase. No, he said it exactly. He meant what he said and said what he meant. Remember on the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus comparing the physical to the external? His words were focusing on the real heart of the matter, the internal things. The internal things. Let me just read a few of them to you. Remember when Jesus was speaking in Matthew 5 on the Sermon on the Mount? He said, you've heard that it was said to those of old. And these are, this is the Old Testament law written in Exodus. You have heard that it was said, you shall not murder. And whoever murders shall be in danger of the judgment. Bah, but I say to you, are you kidding me? You're going to, but I say unto you, that means that your words that you're about to speak are on equal footing with what is in the Old Testament. Of course, because he wrote it. But he's giving the ultimate understanding of it. Because the Jews and us, we, we tend to think things just in the, in the physical. Well, if I don't murder somebody, then I'm good. And Jesus goes and he goes, oh no, it's much more than the external. It's what's going on inside. And he proves it. He says, but I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother, that's what's on the inside, without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. So now he's not talking about the physical act of murder. It's what's inside. What did he say in verse 27 of that verse, of that chapter? You've heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. Oh, that's, you know, many of us in this room have not committed adultery physically, hopefully none of us. But if we did, Jesus is speaking now internally to something that they didn't even consider. And yet people can walk around, oh, I haven't, I haven't done that. I've always been true to my wife. Oops. You're driving along with your wife in your car, and there's a young lady on a bike, 20-something, jogging. What do you do, guys? Where are your eyes? Right? He says, you've heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Ouch! Right? Something internal. Furthermore, it's been said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that whoever divorces his wife for any reason except sexual immorality causes her to commit adultery. And it goes on and on. And he's comparing the physical to the spiritual. It was always about the internal. Because if you can conquer what's in here, like James said, if you can conquer this little tongue, that man's religion is something. But if a man says he is walking with the Lord, but he can't bridle his tongue. He can't bridle the rest of his body either. It's always internal. It's always internal. And that's what being born again, that's why it's so significant. And we are to work out what God has already done within. If you are not born again of the Spirit of God, there is nothing within you that can be worked out that's of any worth. Do you understand that? That's why the Bible says there's none good, right? We are to be light bearers. But if the light, the Spirit of God, is not within us, within me, then all I am projecting, all that you are projecting, is darkness, self, and the flesh. Isn't that wonderful? That's all I'm projecting. If the Spirit of God is not in me, that's what I'm projecting. Self, the flesh, and darkness. In Philippians 2, verse 12, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, notice what Paul says, work out your own salvation. No, that doesn't mean that you have to work to gain it. No, 
you get salvation by faith in Christ. You, are, you get that salvation as a free gift based on Jesus's. But now that it's in there, work it out. Allow it to work out. Work it out. Notice, because it tells us in the very next verse, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. That's who causes it to happen. He First, he makes me to will to do it, and then he gives me the grace to do it. That's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of John. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.